Today, we welcome free agent Jamila St. Anne to the podcast. Jamila attended undergrad at the University of Missouri, where she earned her bachelor's degree as a double major in communication journalism and Spanish language and literature. But that just wasn't enough for her. From there, she went on to get her master's degree in Spanish literature and language. Jamila specializes in photography, videography, and visual storytelling. She has served as a social media coordinator for MLS, a director of multimedia for Mizzou Soccer, and a social media contributor for Sporting News. She most recently captured some amazing shots of the NFL's AFC Championship and headed Sporting News' content strategy plan for the 2019 Women's World Cup. Let's get to know Jamila St. Anne. Hey everyone, welcome to Live on Blair. Today's episode, we welcome Jamila St. Anne to the podcast. Jamila, welcome. Hello. How are you doing right now during these crazy times? I mean, we're, we're doing it. How are you? Oh, you know, I'm hanging in there, doing a podcast, trying to stay busy. <laughs> trying to make the best out of it, I'll say that much. Okay, so you were previously with Sporting News, but for the past couple months, you've been a free agent. What has that been like for you? What challenges have you kind of had to face during the free agency time? Oh my gosh, I think about, because I, I graduated three days before I started at Sporting News, and so I was like, oh, look, look at me, I got a job out of graduation, and then I finished with Sporting News, and then coronavirus hits, and I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> this, this yeah. feels like I'm coming out of school all over again, where the job market is empty, and the days are of applying, it's just oh, crazy. Yeah. What have you been doing, really, to try to just make sure you stay positive and don't get discouraged? Um, I've done so many social distance style, like, senior pictures. Mm-hmm. And college. And in this time still, you know, you still need those the memories. Whether the memories are good or bad, you still need those moments captured. And so there's been, like, a huge market for people being, like, okay, I'm going to take my senior pictures, but also I'm going to make them, you know, COVID-19 specific. Mm -hmm. And you stay over there with your mask, and I'll be over here with my mask. So I at least can say that I've been doing stuff I like to do amidst the chaos. For sure. And I saw some of your recent grad pictures that you've taken, and just kind of adding the touch of the mask and things like that to (laughs) show the times, but and like not necessarily try to make some of the negatives into a positive, which I thought was really cool. And graduation is is still an exciting time to experience and you don't want it to be belittled by everything that's going on. So I think it's just a lot about making, you know, some things that may not seem as exciting right now, like think big picture and how important these things are. Exactly. What would you say some of your biggest challenges have been since you haven't been working? Uh, it's definitely trying to stay creative. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like my my life revolves around sports, and as mm-hmm. soon as sports stopped, I was like, what do I even do? There's, I guess it's like a, I guess it's like a Twitter meme where people are, <laughs> used to be like, 
what do people who aren't fans of sports do with their time? And now I'm I'm finding out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, we're like trying to learn. The people who are out there that don't watch sports were like, so like, how do you do this thing called life? Uh, <laughs> how do you live without it? <laughs> you know, without photos to take it or videos to edit, I've been playing around a lot, archiving my photos and re-editing them mm-hmm. differently or trying to learn new things on After Effects and just playing around, messing around to try and stay ready. But there's only so many times you can look at, you know, or you can cut old clips from old games and be like, is it even worth it? Right. I know. It's it's so hard to, because, you know, a lot of ways that people kind of get their creative ideas is through like seeing what everyone else is doing and everyone else is in the same boat where they're like needing this creativity. So it's definitely a challenging time where you really have to dig deep and really think outside the box on ways to be creative. Right. So what advice would you give to someone who may be going through a similar situation right now where they're in that weird phase where they're trying to find something? Oh my gosh it's like it would be like trying to give advice to a mirror right now like what do you what do you say to yourself in the middle of like the chaos I I have so many friends who are just now graduating because this is this was graduation weekend from Mizzou Mm -hmm. so so many of my friends who were in working in media for the teams and are trying to essentially start a clean slate where, but there's, there's really nothing happening. So I, it's so hard to say, but like, we have to all be patient Mm -hmm. every day waiting for, you know, coronavirus updates and is outside open again. Mm -hmm. Are teams coming back to full practice and is anybody hiring even like a, a, an intern's position where you're just like, please give me something to do. But it's, it's just a waiting game of mm-hmm. staying ready for when the time comes, just being patient, waiting for everything to calm down. For sure. Yeah. Patience is key. And I mean, you, you said it yourself, staying ready. You've been teaching yourself different things to stay ready. Have you also been, revamping your your previous work and touching up your resume like what other things have you been doing for when it comes to applying and making sure you're ready oh yeah I definitely one of the first things I did in quarantine was redesign my resume just because I'd had it the same for so long I was just like if there's nothing else to do we can do this Dated my website I'm digging through old photos just because I also, I never noticed this, but when, you know, sports stopped and going outside stopped, I stopped using my Instagram Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I didn't have anything to post. And I was like, well, I have an archive of fantastic photos that I could re-edit and throw up and be like, oh, this is from the quarantine archives of I went through this. I made it new, essentially revamping everything to be ready for anything where I'm just like, here's my portfolio. Here's my resume. Please talk to me. Mm -hmm. For sure. No, that's awesome. So, I mean, it has been a little rocky these past couple months, but supposedly you've got some big news. So let let me hear about it. So (laughs) should coronavirus and 
COVID-19, should all of this calm down, I will be joining the Chiefs um, social team. That's huge. And, but it's, it's such a limbo experience right now. And this is why I'm constantly telling myself to be patient because if everything proceeds as normal, they, the team isn't on a hiring freeze. If everything does not proceed as normal, they are on a hiring freeze. So it's just trying to figure out how the NFL is going to determine how teams can operate, determining how teams are going to operate in their respective cities. Mm-hmm. I live in Kansas City. I'm from Kansas City. I'm hoping I I can just like barge my way in there regardless. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm here, you guys. I'm not coming from far. I'm up the street. Please just... <laughs> One extra person can't be too terrible. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, guys, if you know Jamila, you know that she is a huge Chiefs fan, um, diehard Patrick Mahomes fan, diehard Travis Kelsey fan. Uh, so this is a huge get for her, and I am amazingly happy for her, and I think everything is going to work out, and she's going to do great because she is she's amazing. I'm going to put that out there right now. Super oh talented. God. What was, I know people who want to work for teams and things like that, they're curious to know how that interview process works. So what were the steps and rounds of your interview process, if there were multiple rounds? So the the process itself, it started, oh my gosh, what is it? It's already May. I know, it's I crazy. Wild. In December, I think I applied. The interview part, I think we talked like once a month until March, mm-hmm. and March I got the offer, but then that was also right when, you know, it, cities were closed down and social distancing was happening, and so the process can be so daunting because you're you're applying for multiple positions, of, and you're waiting to check your email and see if anybody's Responded mm-hmm. and setting up Zoom calls <laughs> in your living room, and you're just like, "Yeah, my mom's over there. She's working from home. Please ignore <laughs> all the, the knickknacks in the background." But um, I got to chat with who would be my um, direct supervisor, and then the head of um, the digital department, and so, and then my last like round interview was with the both of them, and just discussing you know what next steps would look like Mm -hmm. and then and now we're we're just waiting to see what it all will look like for sure and I know like with your talents a lot of it your work can do the talking but did you have to go aside from showing them your portfolio and a lot of your work did you have to do any almost like digital type test before moving on rounds or was it just pretty much showing your work and letting that do everything one of the things I, I did add to the website was like a social portfolio because social is so different and applying for like a social position. Um, sometimes they're just like, yes, we can see your photos and videos, but we want to get a sense of how you sound. And so mm-hmm, for sure, I have a tab on my website that lets, um, that kind of, it collects them all together. Um, some, some tweets and things that I really like and content that I've created that I want display but the chiefs specifically they sent me uh, i think this was during the second round they sent me like a content 
test where um, they sent scenarios and pictures and essentially I made copy, like test copy mm-hmm. and um, plans for edits and sent that back to them because you can get a sense. I, I'm sure that if I was, you know, applying for like a just straight photographer job or a straight videographer job, you know, my my portfolio shows all that I can do and all I have done. But on social, when so many things are subjective, where, you know, you need a certain phone for this specific thing, or, you know, what does, how do you handle this specific scenario? It's, um, it makes sense for them to create that and then test you on it. For sure. Yeah, because you're not going to put your tweet where you were like, we are so sorry, we're for this inappropriate image on your um portfolio you're like for sure (laughs) they're gonna request to see how you would handle a situation like that definitely no that's awesome it can be a tedious process it's not a walk in the park that's for sure right backtracking just a little bit now you your first hands-on experience with the chiefs was when sporting news sent you to the afc championship so how was, what was that like? You know, gr- growing up in Kansas City, and the Chiefs were not, <laughs> they weren't always the best team to root for. So to have the opportunity to w- be working the, like a big game, like the divisional and the championship, those were experiences like I couldn't get around. And I was, so for Sporting News, I was running social. Essentially, I was making, like, um, a long Instagram story following along from, like, an on-the-ground type deal. Mm-hmm. Just to, to be standing on the field in an, in a stadium where I've been so many times before, in a, in a but kind of in a position where we really hadn't been to before. Mm-hmm. I... I'm so glad that it was me just because I knew exactly where to go and exactly where to be and exactly who to look for just because I I feel like I know those people. These people are my people. I know Kansas City. I know what's going to look good and what what we do that's different Mm -hmm. that somebody on Instagram story and be like, that's incredible. Like, you know? Yeah. The fan that's there, but they're on the field, you know, rather than in the stands. They're getting that up close and personal coverage that we all yearn for right what would you say has been your biggest learning experience so far being in the sports media industry my biggest learning experience I guess I it was my time at sporting news for sure mm-hmm. because I ever not worked on the media side mm-hmm. of um, sports media I've always been with a team, I'd always been a part of the we and a part of the organization and creating content for the inside and never really on the opposite side. And that was to to learn how direct and and kind of impersonal media can be when talking about teams and stuff. It was such a wake up call because my my um, former supervisor, her specialty is PR Mm -hmm. and a lot of the time thinking about what I was going to say for 
sporting news when I was tweeting for them, I would think about it where I would be like, how would this sound if, if like one of the players I'm mentioning read this tweet? Like, how would he react to this? Because I, I think about it coming from a team's perspective where mm, yeah. you're directly talking to this person versus being on the other side where you're completely, you don't know who, like if I'm tweeting about Travis Kelsey, I don't know him. I'm, I'm just tweeting this information. I'm tweeting out this article versus being a part of the organization where you're like, I know this person. Mm-hmm. How would this come to him? How can I make this factual and appropriate, but still thinking in regard to the person that you're talking about? And so I, I, I would think about that constantly being so far removed from a team. So that was mm-hmm. like the number thing I learned. I know for me, like it's, it's almost flipped, like leading up to everything before my current role, I was doing stuff from the media side. So I got, I had to pretty much flip everything that not flip, but like, you know, it's different covering things from a broad perspective of the media compared to being with the team. So I, some stuff you, when you're with a team, things are way more personable, which is great. Yeah. And you have relationships with these players and you know them as people. So you can really show more of their personable side. Whereas on the other end, if you don't know these players, don't know this team, you obviously don't want to say any of the wrong things. You don't want it to come off bad, but you can't really add that player's personality in it if you don't know them. So, I mean, that's a good way to look at it like from your perspective versus my perspective right what was a pinch me moment for you so far in your career where you were like wow like this is real this is really happening I'm really here oh my gosh this is this was this was 100 years ago (laughs) okay in my first ever professional position Mm -hmm. was an when I was entirely too young to like be an intern and get credit with um, my hometown team, Sporting KC, um, as an undergrad at Mizzou. And so 2013, we went to MLS Cup and we hosted it. And I, it was that moment where I was like, I never want to be in the stands for anything like this again. <laughs> I don't want to be a, like I was standing on the field. It was freezing cold. It was the coldest day. It, I think it was the coldest like um, MLS Cup in history. Um, the ice on the field, and I'm wearing like two pair of pants, and I'm, I'm trying to make sure my cameras don't freeze. But I, I, if I were in the stands right now, I wouldn't be. This would not be the same feeling. Where mm-hmm. I'm like, I want to never watch a game as a fan again (laughs) (laughs) I'm not working it I don't even want to be there that was when I was like this is it was when everything really fell into place where I knew exactly who I wanted to be what I wanted to do boom yeah and was it pretty much just being like their hands-on up close and personal is that what had you build that mindset or was it more than that it was, it was being their hands-on. It was experiencing, because there's, I wonder if I can find it. 
I grew up in Kansas City, and so I grew up with, they were originally the Wizards, in an empty Arrowhead Stadium mm-hmm. where, like, 400 people came to watch these soccer games. And then to be in this brand-new stadium in 2013 with, it, we're at fire marshal capacity, and I'm standing on the field, like, looking around after we win, and all of my bosses are, like, jumping up and down and chasing down players and like they're doing their jobs, but they're having the time of their lives. I don't think we left that stadium. Like I think the game was over at like 10. Mm -hmm. I don't think we left until two o'clock in the morning. Wow. Just, and I don't think anybody noticed either. We were just, there was so much content to create and there was so much joy to be had. And I was like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be, outside of the side I want to be on the field I want to be on the sidelines I want to be in the press box for these kinds of moments right it's like you can work these 12 13 however long days they are but like at the end of it your adrenaline is just pumping and you just you know that your job needs to get done and it can be stressful but also very exciting and it's something to really look forward to but I think that's that's an awesome perspective to have. Yeah, I love it. Now I'm reminiscing. <laughs> Sports, what a time. Oh. What is some of the best advice you've gotten? Oh my gosh. Some of the best advice I've gotten. Oh, I have to think about this. Um, Mizzou soccer coaches, our head coach, his name was Blitz. And anytime we were having like um, a staff meeting or like a full team meeting, or especially if we were about to travel and, you know, cause anything can happen when a team is traveling mm-hmm. and you gotta be ready for anything. So his, his, he would always say, we as a group, we need to be flexible, adaptable and creative. And I, I think about it all the time where like, and especially in times like these, it fits perfectly to that being flexible, adaptable, and creative to the situations that we're in, to whatever scenario is coming next. Like, it's got to be that for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I couldn't agree more. You have to be flexible and adaptable because you never know what's going to come up. Like, things get thrown at you all the time. Sports are anything but predictable. So, um, and then you always... You got to be willing to roll with the punches and get creative when crazy things come up and you can have fun with it. You just got to be creative when it comes time to present that content. A hundred percent. You said when you had your pinch me moment, you were like, this is exactly where I want to be, what I want to do. So what is your end goal? Oh, I don't know for sure. I just know that I want to create for a team. I don't know what I want to create specifically. I really sometimes feel like a jack of all trades, master of none, where I can do so many different things and I like to do so many different things, but I just don't know if, um, if I want to pin myself to that one thing for like the rest of my career. Mm -hmm. But I I know that what I want to do is create content, whether it's photo, video, social, written something for, a team 
something. I want to tell the story of the players. I want to tell the story of the organization. I want a direct line to fans constantly. That's awesome. I've noticed as I've asked various people this question, no one has really given a hardcore answer. And I think what makes it so challenging to answer that question is because when we're all first starting out in this industry, we have to pretty much know how to do everything or at least have an idea how to do everything. So we multitask, we learn how to dabble in a hundred different things. And there's parts of all those different things that we enjoy so much about doing it. And the thought of thinking, all right, now let me just pick one thing from the hundreds of things that I've tried out and experimented with and let that be what I do for the rest of my career. And I think that's what's so challenging for us to accept because we're so used to multitasking and doing a so many different things and trying out different things that when it comes time to pinpoint, it's, it's too hard of a question for us to answer. Exactly. Okay. So I always wrap up the show with some fun, quick hit questions, but if you could have dinner with anyone, like anyone in the world, dead or alive, and you could take in as much knowledge as possible, who would it be? And you can pick five people. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, it's Megan Rapinoe. Megan Rapino, also, if you're listening, um, I love you so much. Okay. <laughs> Barack Obama, obviously. Oh, my. There's so many people in the world. Beyonce. Queen Bee. Um, Jurgen Klopp. He is the um, manager of Liverpool. I would love to talk to him. I, but I'm not sure how. I know he speaks English, but he's German, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. Is that four people? Yeah. And Michael Bradley of Toronto FC and the U.S. Men's National Team. Awesome. There's so many people. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it. I think that's, no, that's a great list. What would you say has been the best experience in your career so far? The best experience? Gosh. I'm trying to, I, it's like a story. Is that okay? Is yeah, that, yeah, of course. Well, they're now defunct. FC Kansas City was um, our women's soccer team. They were taken from us and given to Utah. It's not, I'm not bitter. I'm bitter. <laughs> but after we won our first NWSL championship, you know, teams honor other teams. And mm-hmm. so I'm interning with Sporting KC, and they're honoring the team at halftime. And I'm, you know, it's a tight area because – it's my job to get the photo of the team as they're all together. And um, there, it's a tight area in the tunnel because it's halftime and people are funneling in and out. And I'm kind of standing there with two cameras and I'm taking up space. And I was like, oh, no, I'm in everybody's way. And Becky Sauerbrunn, um, a World Cup winning defender for the U.S. Women's National Team, former FC Kansas City captain, she put her hand on my shoulder and she was like, here, switch spots with me. And so she, like, gently moved me. <laughs> Look, now I'm in everybody's way. And I was like, am I going to cry right now? <laughs> what? Why, are you being so, why would you do this? This is so kind. I I miss her dearly. <laughs> no, that's amazing. I If something like that happened to me, to someone who I look up to, I'd be probably starstruck deer in headlights and that does not happen to me uh but i feel like it would in that situation 
I mean, I I do, you know, I I am a big fan of all the people that I I come into contact with, but I'm a very professional fan where I'm like, I'm at work right now, but also you're incredible. Just jot that down. Yeah. Like, let me yeah. just put that out there and let you know. <laughs> like, don't worry. I'm going to keep it cool, but like, you're I'm amazing. Thinking, but I think you should know that you are great. Okay. <laughs> exactly. All right, Jamila. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this podcast with me. If anyone wants to kind of follow along with where you're at, where you're going, where can they find you at on social media? Oh my gosh. Okay. My, my Instagram and Twitter are the same. It's Jamilita816. So J-A-M-I-L-I-T-A 816. I think I spelled that right. Gosh, it's my own at. Um, (laughs) And then my website's on there somewhere. (laughs) Awesome. All right, Jamila. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And I Wish you the best of luck, and I can't wait to see what happens with the Chiefs. Everything's going to work out. I'm speaking that into existence right now. Thanks, Blair Bear. Mm-hmm.